up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Hello, Christopher. What is your all-time favorite Christmas cookie? Well, what do you consider Christmas cookies? Anything that you enjoy at Christmas. Could be a sugar cookie. Could be a snickerdoodle, obviously. We all love those. Could be a gingerbread house. Whatever you want. A biscuit. It could be anything you enjoy this time of year. I do like snickerdoodles. Gotta be honest. I'm not I'm not like the biggest cookie person in general. I, I enjoy those. Maybe a ginger snap? I don't know. What about you, Phil? Well, I have to think about this a little bit more. How befitting that you mentioned the ginger snap, because tonight, Chris, I wanted to talk to you about ginger. Not so much as a as a snap, though that's part of it, but really just as an ingredient, because, well, ginger. It's so holiday-esque, but it also doesn't have to be. Anybody can tune into this episode at any time, and they can be like, hey, it's ginger season. Ginger season, huh? Yeah. yeah. Only a ginger call another ginger ginger i feel like i should know this song but i don't it's this comedian i can't think of his first name but his last name is mention i think i'll put a link in the show notes it's super not appropriate to listen to with your kids but very very funny i'm just wondering if if you're more of like a a, a rifle guy or maybe a, a a bow guy when it comes to ginger season here we go i actually don't know what any of that means i am switzerland chris Okay. No, we don't hunt gingers. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Definitely leaving that in. <laughs> so I, I do, I do like ginger. If, we, if you know, if we're talking about the root, I, I like redheads. I don't really know that many actually, uh, but they're perfectly wonderful people. Uh, the spice though is pretty fantastic as well, Phil. Isn't so, it just so lovely? I'm, I'm assuming, you know, because there's really only one type of ginger out there that we're talking about the root. We, we are, but we also are not, Chris, because did you know it's not actually a root? Okay, we're getting like super semantical. Is that a word? A little technical tonight. It's not a root. It's actually what's called a rhizome, which is basically an underground stem. I was just going to ask, is it underground, Phil? It is underground. Then yep. it's a root. I'm calling it a root. I'm sticking <laughs> with it. Fine. But I thought you were a scientist. The taxonomists would not appreciate that nah, at it's a all. Root. You know what else comes from underground? Turmeric or turmeric. I feel like a lot of people like to have fun with the pronunciation of that word. Also cardamom or cardamom. We've talked about this on the show before. Both of those things come from the same family as ginger, which is the, oh boy, here we go. I'm clear my throat for this one. Zingy Beresei. What now? The Zingy Beresei family. Yeah. Ginger, turmeric, zingy barisei. All from the same family. Isn't that lovely? Got a little bit of a zing to it, Phil. It kind of does, and so does ginger. I mean, it's like meant to be. Yeah, I guess. I wonder if they named the the taxonomy of this thing after trying ginger for the first time and be like, kind of has a zing to it. I don't know. Probably not, but maybe. One can only wish. And dream. Okay, so and I, can, I think what kind of like got me inspired to talk about this is I was actually just pouring through some of our older episodes, which there's some fun ones in there. Have you ever just like scrolled our episodes? Are there? Yeah. Do you actually enjoy our podcast, Phil? Oh, it's my favorite podcast. Yeah, this whole okay. Spotify wrapped <laughs> thing. Like Dad's Kitchen is actually oh, I saw top that. of it. Yeah. What's oh, yours? For you, is it? 
Ah, uh, shoot. Who was it? It was either the midnight or someone else. I don't, I don't remember. I was looking at Ashley's and like, it was almost like a pattern. It was a healthy mix of Gregory Alnisikov, Bon Iver, and Novo Amor. And those three just like on a rotation. Is Ashley ever happy? She's going to listen to that and not appreciate this. Now we both like, we both <laughs> enjoy sad music. It's just like, I don't know. It's, well, a, it's, a, it's a good thing to listen to. Yeah. We listen to it in the car while holding hands. We like to cook to sad music. I don't know if you like to do that. No, I don't. I actually like jazz. Yeah. Oh, no, it's true. We we do enjoy cooking with jazz. And it's jazz season because Christmas is a jazzy time of year. I think you can listen to jazz all the time. So all that to say, uh, let's see, where was I? Oh, right. I was pouring through some of our older episodes and I came across the one where you, during a quick tip, so yeah. lovingly ginger. talked about how to peel ginger with a spoon. And I was like, I man, we should revisit that because that's actually pretty interesting. So do you want to just give us like a super quick recap before I get into some more fun facts about ginger? Yeah, no, I think I think the quick tip just had to do with maybe how inefficient some peeling methods are. So potentially like over uh, contrived even either like taking a vegetable peeler to the ginger root fill or uh, taking a knife because, you know, both of those are going to take off the skin, but it's also going to take off a whole lot of the the root fill the rhizome the root and you want to save as much as that as you can because we like to be efficient right but also it's a whole lot quicker this other way the skin of ginger is is pretty uh delicate would you say yeah they typically are i mean they're tender people and yeah and they need a lot of sunscreen if you just take a, a spoon like the back of a spoon and rub it against the the skin there it's going to more or less just peel off yeah absolutely it just kind of peels off and it doesn't it doesn't take off more than it needs to leaving all that lovely delicious fleshy ginger for you to enjoy with you and your family so uh thank you for that chris this was one thing i maybe kind of wanted to to revisit because ashley and i made ginger snaps tonight and really really enjoyed them and forgot like how much i enjoyed ginger as not just so much a you know a treat, but also is an ingredient. It's something that we use a lot. We make a lot of Asian dishes. Uh, we've been through this. Asian food is kind of my jam. Ooh, hold on. Treats. Do you like candied ginger? Yeah, it's absolutely delicious. Oh, yeah. Okay, continue. So I did a little bit of research and I found out some fun things that I think you and our listeners might like to enjoy about ginger. Most notably, Chris, did you know that you can grow it in your own backyard really? from the rhizome or the root? That you pick up from the grocery store. You just plant okay. it. Uh, in what climates? Uh, some warmer ones. Yeah, you might need to make your way down here to the southeast because the southeast rules. Because you like ginger candy, candy ginger, Chris, you're going to need to come down here if you're going to make it yourself. So yeah. It is, of course, native to the Southeast Asia. The Southeast Asia? I mean, there's only one. The original Southeast Asia. <laughs> it reminds me of, uh, what was that movie, Social Network? Was that an Aaron Sorkin film? That was. When Justin Timberlake's cameo character is like, drop the the, drop the the, it's cleaner. Of course, talking about Facebook. So Southeast Asia, it's native to it. It's actually been an export for more than like 5,000 years. So, you know, I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm, I feel like I'm an aspiring horticulturalist where I want to 
stick to only the native plants and grow those. But then when I read something like that, that's something that we enjoy and want in our diets on a daily basis, like ginger, for example, that it's it's native to Southeast Asia, but now it's everywhere and you can grow it anywhere. I mean, point for earth, because that's pretty yummy. And let's just keep it keep it in the ground everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think something like that that has become, you know, pretty close to, I'd say, a staple in a lot of, I feel like a lot of the food that we eat anyway. I don't think that growing that is, you know, even if it's not necessarily native to your dear South Carolina, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, it, it might be at a very small level, but you're kind of reducing some of the demand for imported ginger. Actually, I don't know. I don't know where the ginger that we eat actually comes from. Maybe that's something to look up, Phil. Do you know that? You know, like avocados from Mexico, ginger from Probably Mexico. Probably Mexico. (laughs) Now, probably California. Was it you that told me like 80% of the produce in America actually comes from California? Did you tell me that? I don't know. Might have been. But a huge amount does. Maybe one of our listeners can dig back in the archives because I feel like it was talked about on the show at one point. Anyways, all right. So here's what, here's a fun fact about ginger. I was surprised to hear that, okay, well, first of all, we all know that ginger treats nausea and it can help with things like vomiting, right? Suck on some ginger root and you might not have a stomach ache. But Chris, ginger ale, did you know, beer. thanks oh. for bringing that up. That the ginger ale and the ginger beer actually is more placebo than anything because true ginger ale or ginger beer is actually relatively hard to come by. So if you have a stomach ache or you're feeling nauseous and you're like, man, I could really go for a ginger ale right about now. The ginger ale that you're going to get from the store or from a restaurant doesn't actually have ginger in it. That's why you have to be discerning as to where you get your ginger ale. Name one restaurant off the top of your head that carries ginger ale that has actual ginger in it. I, Discern I don't me, think Chris. We actually pick up our ginger ale or ginger beer from restaurants. You gotta get it from the store, Phil. You do have to get it from and the there, store. And there are plenty of, I feel like, not to sound whatever Whole Foods is or makes you, but Whole Foods does have a pretty fantastic selection of real ginger containing ales and beers, Phil. Yeah, for sure. It, it's true. You do have to be discerning of it. Also, those are the best in cocktails. Oh, yeah, 100%. The effervescence that comes from soda actually does a relatively good job at relieving nausea. And so I I gotta say guilty as charged, Chris. I've reached for a ginger ale that didn't have ginger in it, unbeknownst to me, when I didn't feel well, and it helped me feel well. Sure. I don't necessarily I don't necessarily know if I want to be a proponent of soda. Well, and like one article that I was reading, and I'll obviously I'll I'll link this in our show notes, kind of kind of was talking about how sugar can temporarily relieve nausea. But then it's just going to make you feel worse as soon as you come down from that, like worse off than you were before. So I think the rule of thumb is have as much soda as you possibly can right before you fall asleep to help you fall asleep so that you're coming down in your dreams and let your nightmares deal with them, you know? Sure. Yeah. I, I feel like there used to be one of those kind of like power nap, power nap sleep hacks where you would set an alarm for like 15 minutes and drink a cup of coffee before you took a nap. So by the time kind of kind of kind of the same thing kind of by the time you woke up like the coffee was kicking in. You're not Yeah, it's actually anymore. not a terrible idea. Uh I do struggle with this is a tangent if we've ever heard one and not that anybody cares, but I do struggle with migraines and sometimes I'll wake up at like 4:30 in the morning randomly with a migraine and I'm like, "Oh boy, here we go." So then I'll pop a couple of Excedrin 
and those have caffeine in them. And then I'll fall back asleep. And then by the time I wake up, A, the migraine, if it isn't gone, it's at least kind of mitigated. But then I'm also wide awake because of the Excedrin. So two birds, Phil. Two birds. Okay, Chris, why don't you help us out? Talk, talk to us about how you can actually cut and slice ginger because obviously you know how to peel it. But then cut like slicing it and grating it. There is a kind of a trick that is relatively helpful. And I thought you might be able to help us out. Uh, you use a knife. Yeah. How do you cut it though? Or if you wanted, you could use a microplane because you did mention grating. Those are fun. Yep. yep. Do you do it like Are we talking the about grain? with the grain or yeah. against the grain? Well, Phil, uh, one way is going to produce stringiness. That's not really what we want. No, I don't think so. Uh, may, maybe you do. Maybe you like stringy ginger. I, I guess you could. Could you do something with that? Like ginger floss? I, don't know. I think that's you might weird. have a hard time digesting it. And that's going to give you a tummy ache. And then you're going to be like, the only thing I can take to cure this is more ginger. So maybe Big Ginger wants you to cut it with the grain. Yeah, probably. And this kind of reminds me of, of of meat because it's 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 like really kind of the same concept that there there is this grain and there are fibers that run through both of them. And with meat, it's going to be a lot more tender if you cut against the grain because if you cut with it, then you have these you know like if you're trying to take a bite through something, you're going to have all of these long muscle stringy tissue things that are not as easy to bite through and so it's just gonna pull it so i don't know like like if you've ever had a say like a taco that has meat that's cut with the grain it's gonna be really really hard to like take a bite and have your teeth cut through that meat you're just gonna pull all the meat out in one bite sure it's kind of the same principle it seems like yeah i think i think so yeah you've got these uh fibers that, you know, they might not necessarily be muscle tissue, but there are plant fibers in ginger. Ginger is a very, very stringy thing. Fibrous. It's a very fibrous root, Phil, wouldn't you say? It's a fibrous ribosome. R- ribosome? No, I can't even remember what it is now. Have you ever enjoyed some sushi and you've noticed that with your sushi, you've obviously got your wasabi, which isn't real wasabi. We can maybe get into that. In Unless, it Unless, Unless it is. Unless it is. It has real wasabi, Phil. Well, not everybody goes to Japan every other weekend, Chris. Just enjoy your green dyed horseradish. And then on the other side of your sushi plate, you've got some pickled ginger. What's the point? What's the deal with the pickled ginger? Are you asking me? Yeah, like you know. You know, I've always thought of it as I'm just taking a guess, but I I guess I've always thought of it as like a palate cleanser in a way. You omniscient little man. That's exactly right. Yeah. It cleanses the palate (laughs) between your pieces of sushi, sashimi, whatever it is that you're enjoying. Yeah. The pickled ginger is really just meant to cleanse your palate. So the next time you are eating sushi with your friends, you can one up them. Because they're all going to be eating it at the end thinking, oh, time for our pickled dessert because every sandwich has a pickle and you don't eat that until after you're done with your sandwich. Maybe sushi's the same way. And then you can be like, no, you're actually supposed to eat that between your bites of sushi. And it's definitely not a topping for your sushi. No, no, definitely not a, not a topping. Yeah. Also like eating your sushi in two bites is probably going to be, you know. Maybe look down on. Obviously, you can enjoy ginger in a lot of different things. Asian dishes goes certainly beyond just sushi. You can enjoy the shoots in your stir fry, which is super yummy. I actually saw this recipe that uh, called for some water chestnuts, and I'm actually not a huge water chestnut fan. I feel like they lack flavor. They're just like kind of... It's a fun texture, though. 
Yeah, you can, but you can also get the texture from other things like sugar snap peas, which I really enjoy in stir fry and other things. But I was like, what if we just replaced those water chestnuts with some ginger shoots and really enjoyed it? So there you go, Chris. There you go. And then obviously ginger makes its way into cocktails, like you mentioned. The Moscow Mule is probably a highball type drink that you and I have probably covered before on this show. Would you call that a highball? I feel like that'd be a highball. Sure. Uh, and listen, I'm not trying to get into bartending on this episode. I'm really I think not. I, like, I think I like Dark and Stormy's better though, Phil. Sorry. Yep. Dark and Stormy's are super yummy. Can't fault you there. Another really great ginger cocktail. Ginger tea is really good. But then Chris, going back to the Asian thing, have you ever had ginger pot stickers? You know, I don't know if I have. You should probably I feel like I'm make missing those. Out no, we actually have this really good recipe from a cookbook that, I'm sorry, we've mentioned this so many times on the show. Uh, it's called the Everyday Walk Cookbook, and it's my favorite cookbook that Ashley and I have here at the house. Why are you laughing? It's uh, a good cookbook. They have this they really should, great recipe for They should have called it Walk This Way. Walk This Way. <laughs> actually, that should be our first cookbook. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Why don't we have a cookbook? Because uh, we don't have enough people that would buy it. Okay, seriously, guys, if you want us to make a cookbook... Would you give us money? Would you just like <laughs> go fund us? Furthermore, can someone else set up a GoFundMe for us? Can someone just start doing the work to give us money? That'd be great. And we'll reward you with a cookbook called Walk This Way. Maybe it should be a Kickstarter instead of a GoFundMe. But Oh, yeah. See, maybe you should be the one to launch this. I don't know. GoFundMe's fine. Is there like a millennial version of that? Like what are the kids doing these days? Well, the kids aren't millennials, Phil. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to, to be the bearer of bad news, Phil, but uh, millennials are entering, like, getting pretty close to middle-aged here. Yeah, we're getting gray. So, Christopher Michael, the ginger snap you mentioned earlier is one of the best cookies on earth, and it's an interesting cookie because it's actually a little bit like pumpkin pie in that the ginger is not actually what gives it its flavor. It's the, it's the snap that you put in it. It's the snap. No, it's the molasses. It's the clove. The cinnamon cardamom can be an ingredient in that. And all of those mixed up together are kind of what give the ginger snap its distinct flavor. In the same way that pumpkin pie is like allspice and clove and cinnamon and other stuff. Yeah, obviously. Nutmeg. Thank you, Chris. Like those are the things that make pumpkin pie taste like pumpkin pie. And the ginger snap is kind of that way. And it's super good. Yeah, I agree that it's good, Phil. It's great. So good. I feel like you don't have a whole lot to say about the ginger snap. I thought you'd say more. What about a gingerbread latte? Like a good, true gingerbread latte that you make at home? Because well, we've I'm got not, a pretty killer recipe, I'm just saying. I'm not like overly into flavored coffees, I don't think, most of the time. No, it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. And I'm not like overly into They don't have to cookies. be sweet, though. No, they don't. And they shouldn't, Phil. They shouldn't. I'll just sit in the corner and drink my chai while you... Have your gingerbread latte thing. I like chai. Love chai. I like chai with a little rum in it. I like chai with a little yoohoo in it that has some rum in it. Just mix it all up. Pretty tasty. It's well, a Chris, weird combination. I, don't I know. know. Super mm, weird. Yeah. Obviously, ginger is more than just a root. It's a ribosome or rhizome, or and it can be used in baking. It can be used with your with your Asian dishes, and it can be used with you, Chris. I don't know what that means. Sushi 101. I don't really have a whole lot to say about sushi other than all of that. I thought I'd share some fun facts with it, and that's what we've done. I've accomplished what I set out to do. You accomplished a lot there, Phil. Okay, so Phil, I think that was some great information on ginger. And if 
you know, somebody liked this episode and wanted to either get a little bit more info, say in the show notes, or just connect with us on social, where would they go? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Obviously, you can find us on social at Dad's Kitchen Co., or you can jump over to our website and find all of our show notes there at dadskitchenco.com. But you know what, Chris? Beyond all of that, you know it would mean just the absolute world to us? is if you did the old-fashioned thing and you nudged your buddy on the elbow and you said, hey, friend, you should listen to Dad's Kitchen. It's the world's greatest podcast. Because what's better than word of mouth? Social, yeah, that's fine. You can tweet us. You can do whatever you want to do. But if you sit down with coffee for a friend, if you make them dinner, make your friend dinner and then and then you're While sitting down in the at the table. And steal then, their phone and yeah. uh, give us five stars. Yeah, brilliant idea. And then they're going to be like, Okay, can we get down to brass tacks? Why am I really here for dinner? And then you can be like, because I figured if I made you dinner, you'd have to listen to this podcast that I love. And it's called Dad's Kitchen. That's some great advice, Phil. Thanks. And uh, as far as uh, ginger season goes, happy hunting. <laughs>